0: plushcare.com slash weight loss yotas b welcome to the sportive it's a two-man game today i have john with me hi john
1: we're we're doing the pick and roll tonight pick and roll me
0: yep yep it's one of our most successful moves
1: (laughs) it's what it's our go-to dad ball move yep except i don't play dad ball because someone would get hurt probably
0: me but also possibly others. It's our second best move besides forgetting to do the podcast. That's number right. one. It's an easy That's number usually one. our
1: move. But yeah. the thing is, it's baseball season tomorrow. It seemed like we had to get another podcast in before baseball season started.
0: Yep. So we're going to talk other sports as well, but we're going to start off with the twins. So let me ask you where you stand uh, first and foremost on the boy geniuses. When you well, say boy geniuses, <clears throat> what percent serious are you about them?
1: Well, I think they'll always be known now to us, if not to everyone, as the boy geniuses. It's I think just, everyone. Yeah, it's just a a perfect encapsulation of what's going on with them. But it it's been kind of a kind of a fun off because usually the stuff that the twins never did and other smart teams did is the stuff that the twins have done this off season, like. I mean, and so many of their moves could go wrong. Logan Morrison could be terrible. There's no reason to believe that Logan Morrison is amazing. I don't have a lot of love for Lance Lynn or Jake Odorizzi, um, but they were smart moves. They made the team better, whereas with Terry Ryan, it was either a dumb move that made the team worse or more often a failure to make anything approaching a smart move to make the team better, so... You, you, you got to hand it to them. They at least did something that wasn't bad.
0: If we had been talking in November about what we wanted in an off season, and if one of us would have said, like, it would be dope if we could have, like, two solid starting pitchers and then at least two established high-velocity relievers and then, uh, I don't know, like a 35-home run guy. We would have all agreed at that point, yeah. That, that's a killer off season. That's a really good off <laughs> season. Also, Holy shit. That's amazing. That would never happen.
1: We also would have laughed a lot at ourselves for daring to dream about yeah. a front office that might actually sign players or trade players or And there the the funny the funniest thing about the Odorizi trade was I read something or other and I, I can't remember the source, but the idea seemed to be that everyone in Tampa Bay was pretty furious that they made that trade, like that they looked at it and said, why would they do this? I mean, they literally traded an infielder I've never heard of. And I'm, I'm not Mr. Prospect, but I generally have heard of the twin stop prospects. They traded a guy. They traded a guy I'd never heard of for a major league starter. And so I just assumed that I wasn't too up on the prospects, but it was sort of gratifying to look and, the the smart people in Tampa Bay are like, what are we doing? Why did we trade him for this guy? We could have gotten more than a spare part. I'm He's not even a spare part. He's a spare minor league part, it seems like. So that was, it was just sort of a, a throwback to a time, a time before the time that we were stuck in for so long where the Twins were the last major league team remaining without a computer. Yeah. There, there was a long time before that where it was like the twins could scout, and so they they seemed to make good trades based on scouting, like the the time they got AJ Pierzynski and all. I don't I don't have to go through all these trades mostly because I'll get the names wrong for whoever they traded Joe Nathan from mm-hmm. for for whoever. But then that sort of died because the Twins were the last remaining team that was like sending in computer punch cards. The Find out how a player was going to do And by the time that had happened All the free agents were gone Oh we ran our cards and it just didn't work Right So it's It just I feel like the Twins are a modern major league team And that's That's not nothing
0: Right yeah I felt It seems to me and I'm sure I'm remembering this wrong But I don't care enough to look it up That for years we would just sign like One Okay player. Every year was like, all right, cool. Well, This year's new guy is Tony Batista. He was okay once. Oh, yeah. next year. Next year, Mike Lamb. <laughs> Mike Lamb <laughs> next year, is our Joe guy. Joe Creedy. Joe Creedy. It was, th-
1: it was all third baseman too. Juan Every year Castro. New, is that his name? A new third baseman. Uh, there was the year that we signed Adam Everett. Adam, who yeah. Who was an amazing defender except when he played for the Twins and then he was garbage.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yep. Yep. And just on down the line. That's what it was. Every year, one guy. We could only get to one. We got Willingham. Just that guy. Can't get anybody else.
1: It was like when you're a kid and you collected baseball cards and there was the one card that I I, I think as a joke, the Topps company every year would have, they'd they'd pick out one random player and make him like 10% of the baseball cards they made that year. Like you would get... Two in one pack somehow. I remember. I can't even remember who he played for. Rick Manning. I remember one year I got like seven Rick Manning cards, I was like, "What is going on?" Yeah, nobody wants. Even Rick Manning's like, I don't want seven of my no. cards.
0: I somehow. Ernie Witt comes to mind. Yep. Ernie Witt. Five hundred of sounds, them somewhere.
1: Yeah, that sounds plausible. Anyway, it was those kind of guys that mm-hmm. the Twins would get every year, but guys you had heard of. Guys who had been Major League Baseball players, but nobody that you'd look at and be like, Man, this guy's a game changer. Here we go. We're really making a run this year. It was mostly guys like Tony Batista, where you'd say, Well, Tony Batista has played in a Major League game, but I remember seeing him play baseball before. And then halfway through the season, that guy would retire, and the Twins would have to play Nick Punto at. Third base for the rest of the year.
0: Oh, yeah. Who was the guy that just flat out retired rather than coming and playing for us? He was in the minor leagues, and we tried to call him up, and he was like, No. (laughs) It seemed like that happened. Didn't Ruben Sierra retire from the Twins? Probably. There there were so many.
1: There were so many for so many years.
0: This was a white guy. I'm positive of it. Anyway, we're not going to figure it out. That's fine. Um, it was just an odd off season in general. Like the fact that the twins got so many guys for fairly cheap. The Royals had two good players. One, Eric Hosmer, right, and then Mike yep. Mustakas. Both of them were pretty similar players, I think, last year.
1: Yeah, Hosmer Hosmer hit for a higher average, but Mustakas hit thirty eight homers.
0: Yeah. So they both I'm looking up. Hosmer had a one thirty o p s mustaka's one fifteen, so maybe not exactly the same, yeah, and they're both the same age, and I guess Hosmer's been better, but Hosmer got a hundred and forty million dollar contract, and Mustakas got <laughs> six
1: Mustakas got literally slapped in the face by the Kansas City Royals,
0: <laughs> not six years, six million dollars, yeah. just the I, one six
1: that was if if the Players Association does go ahead and file file a collusion lawsuit. It's definitely definitely gonna have Mike Mustakas as the chief plaintiff. Yeah, I would put him on the cover Moustakas. of your PowerPoint slide. Yeah. Like you gotta
0: have him there.
1: Mustakas versus Major League Baseball, like the Curt Flood case or whatever. Remember the time he'll, he'll be remembered for this collusion lawsuit that's upcoming.
0: Yeah, do you think it? I I, I don't really I can't really grasp whether it's collusion or all the teams we've talked about this before every team thinks their gm is really smart now yeah and even though some of them aren't they just say something about data launch angle exit velocity everyone's like fuck these guys are geniuses oh my god these are the smartest people on the planet um, i don't even
1: know what you just said buddy launch angle what does that <laughs> even
0: mean That's incredible so is it possible that all the GMs at the same time or relatively close at the same time or just like, no, we're not we're not doing this anymore. It's never really made that much sense to sign free agents because of the stupid rule that we get control for the first six years and and you also take out nine teams or so that are already blatantly tanking or more yeah. I don't know if it's collusion. I want it to be because I think it's pretty. I don't like when owners keep more money. I want to give it to the players. They spend it in much more fun ways to me, and they're also the ones on the field. So, well
1: i I think i I, I think it probably is a version of collusion, but it's also I think the players' association needs to take a hard look in the mirror about they they've spent years and years selling out not only minor league players but young players. In order to make veteran players' lives better, basically, like saying, "Well, that's okay. If, if your first three years you can get paid nothing, and your second three years, the the court can decide, an arbitrator can decide what you get paid, but after that, we're trading all of that in order so that you can sign the biggest possible contract when you're a veteran player." And unfortunately, everyone looked around and said, "You know what? If we just don't bring these guys up till they're 23." we get their best years for those first 6 years and then we can get rid of them and we don't actually lose anything and we don't have to pay all these guys I, I i think as much as anything it's just caught up with them and i think the players association when this new cba negotiation starts and i i can't remember when the cba expires i think it might be in a couple 3 years but i i feel like i feel like they're going to have to change their mindset and start maybe trying to fight for all baseball players and not just the ones who have made it to the age of 29.
0: Well, yeah. And I think there's probably uh, hundreds of examples of guys who were incredible for the first five years, made their team tons of money, gone injured and never got paid. And, the right. uh, you know, I don't think you'd have to look too hard to research some of those examples. So hopefully they figured out somehow, but I don't know. We'll see. But anyway, it's been a fun off offseason. Uh, the boy geniuses, I think I'm like 75% serious about calling them that right now
1: Mm-hmm.
0: because uh, it's been good, and I think that Vegas has them pegged for like 85-ish wins right now, and I saw Gleeman, our friend, local celebrity, Aaron Gleeman, uh, said that they've got the fifth best odds to make the playoffs, and yep. then, so that would put them in. That'd be fun. Well, but... These are
1: like the start of the season odds, too, though. So it's a little bit like, oh, which teams made the playoffs last year? Yeah, those teams. Those teams are the ones that have the best odds to make the playoffs. So, right, almost
0: by default. Again, if you knock out six of the American League teams who are not even trying to win this year, yeah, right. That'll be an interesting I, thing, too. Do, they conti- do those teams continue to sell, uh, sell it off where the Twins will end up getting a bunch of free wins because they're actually trying you know, because right. again, the White Sox and the Royals, for sure, have no interest in winning this year, as far as I last I heard. So, right,
1: the Tigers have no interest whatsoever. Tigers
0: too, yeah, you're right. So that's what uh, they play them each 19 times. Yeah, I mean, so theoretically, those games.
1: 57 games, the Twins would be hoping to win, let's say, 35 of those.
0: Yes, yeah, and that's not unrealistic at all. Yeah. A realistic hope is to win 35 just from there. So, um, well, what else do you want to talk about? Do you want to get right into bros and turds? Yeah, let's go into bros and turds. That's always a good start. All right. Let's start
1: with you. Let's start with you. I feel like you usually go last, but this
0: year you can start with the bros and turds. And do we want to go all bros and then all turds?
1: Yep, I think so. Okay. Keep the turds together. That's the important thing. That's what we always say on this podcast.
0: Of course. Yeah. Keep the turds together. Let me write that down. Keep the turds together. My bro this year, and I believe this is a repeat, maybe not back to back, but I think I've had him as a bro before, is legitimately my my hope for a bro this year. That's one Joseph Maurer. Nice. <laughs> Joe Maurer. You initially went ugh and then you said nice. So it was a nice No. Okay. <laughs> I
1: was surprised because I thought I thought you were gonna go with Jose Barrios again. And so oh, when yeah. you started with with Joe. Josef, or Yosef, I was like, What do you oh Maurer? <laughs> Joe Maurer. Yeah. I know that guy.
0: He was pretty good last year. I really wanted to be and to me, bro means like a three eighty five OPS. That would be a legitimate bro for okay, me.
1: Okay. A three eighty five OPS is what you would get if you played in the OBP.
0: <laughs> 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 uh, on base percentage, three eighty five. That would right. be a, that would be a really good season for me. But he's old and he's underappreciated, and I've sort of been in this camp for a few years, maybe forever, actually. He's another example of a guy who's made, who made so many millions of dollars for the organization while he was making like four hundred thousand a year. That it's just the way that it's going to be uh, for a lot of these guys um, that sign these big contracts and then suck. Like they, not only, I mean, they get money, so that's fantastic. He's of course one of the good cases, but. They end up just sort of being disliked by their team, uh, by almost every one of these big contracts. I mean, when's the last guy that had, I mean, remember Ryan Howard, Albert Pujols. I think Ryan Howard's
1: still getting paid. Probably. He's going to end up with, like, the Bobby Bonilla contract where he gets paid till the year 2045. Right, yeah, Brilliant.
0: Uh, so that's kind of a bummer. So I just am am hoping that he has at least somewhat of a resurgence that I don't have to argue with Rube fans for the rest of my life that Joe Mauer was right. amazing. So it's more of I, a selfish thing, but I have gotten into arguments with people that I consider smart and I consider friends that think Joe Mauer sucks, and it is just the it is it's just the goofiest, oddest like what color we don't believe we don't agree on the color of the sky. Uh, Arguments, so I don't want to have those anymore. So I want him to win, so I don't have to discuss them anymore.
1: It's it's weird because, like you, I, I could not be pulling harder for Joe Mauer on a daily basis, <laughs> yeah, than I am right now for many of the same reasons you just mentioned. I by the end of last year, I was literally in opening up Joe Mauer's baseball reference page everyday territory to see <laughs> right. what his stats were and see how it compared to his career oh he's up to 304 that's that's not, not bad be- that's better than let's see counting oh that's better than five of his other years one of his uh, one of his really good years and I'm like explaining it mentally to someone who's not there yeah. like just giving a giving a lecture to an empty classroom in my mind about how this is a pretty good Joe Mauer season. So, I couldn't I can't tell you how much I'm hoping that he just has, absolutely tears it up. I I kind of always hope and this is if you go back in the archives, you there's some bro prediction of me predicting that Joe Mauer would hit 30 home runs or something like that. Just right. something ridiculous. I think he's hit I think that was probably five years ago, and he's hit 30 home runs total since then.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, that but. never never came around. And I know the chicks dig the long ball. I get it. It's a bummer my that hope, he never got power, but that's not who he is.
1: My hope is that somehow this is the year that he. somebody told him about launch angles and meeting the ball out front of the plate, and he's like, you know what? Screw it. I'm going to prove that I can do this, and he's going to strike out 243 times. And he's going to hit 52 dingers. Yes, And it's going to be the most amazingly strange year of all time. That's what I'm hoping for Joe Maurer this year.
0: Dongs and jacks. That's yep. what we want from you, Joseph. Dongs, jacks. Okay, do you want to do yours? Um, yeah, because I, I know usually
1: the the big problem with going last in the bros and turds rankings is that somebody else might take your bro or your turd. But mm-hmm, mm-hmm. since Stu and Clarence aren't here and had to mail, the, mail theirs in, I know... Well, I know at least I know at least Clarence's. I don't know. Stu, I'm sorry, Mr. Chicken Finger Chickens. Chicken, oh boy, <laughs> Bob Chicken. Um, so I think my bro for this year is going to be Kyle Gibson. Oh, okay. I think this is the year.
0: Okay, all right. After
1: we've been doing this podcast now since 1978. Yep, and. In each of those years 40 year back, anniversary It's our 40 yeah, year anniversary it's the 40 year anniversary <laughs> of the podcast In each of those 40 years Including some in which Kyle Gibson was not a living human being Clarence yeah. picked Kyle Gibson and as, as his bro yep. There's been no truer believer in any At any time than Clarence's belief in Kyle Gibson And he's been terrible just about every year Every year But I think this is the year that Gibby finally gets it figured out He had a great stretch run last year he he went down to the, uh, he did actually go to the minors last year, right? I'm not, I'm not misremembering that.
0: Sportive fact, that he,
1: sounds totally right. I think he pitched minor league baseball last year, but by the end of the year, he had about seven great starts. I read a couple of articles about how he was sort of the poster child for using some of this new technology stuff yep. and figuring out how to pitch differently with the aid of some of that technology stuff. And I thought it was fascinating. And so I'm really hoping for a big
0: year for Gibby. So Gibby's my bro. I saw him bring weighted baseballs to to. a... Uh, I saw a picture of him using weighted baseballs. So he's in the forefront.
1: Weighted Ever- baseball, Weighted baseballs don't seem like the forefront. Weighted baseballs sound like something that... Um, Russian weightlifters would use To try to get good at baseball In a Bugs Bunny cartoon Well
0: there's clearly no interest And I'm speaking as a as an actual pitcher In a very dorky men's league But it's a, I'm a pitcher nonetheless mm-hmm. And so I love reading about Techniques in baseball And a lot of them this year And the past couple years actually Let's say the past two or three Have been about the hitters the hitters have learned launch angles. The hitters have learned to get their, uh, more of an uppercut swing. They've learned that backspin means nothing. It's more about exit velocity and angles and all that other stuff too. There have been, I'm going to say upwards of 50,000 mainstream articles about hitters learning, uh, how to hit differently. I and mean, everyone's got Chris Bryant in it, and it's got Josh Donaldson and Jose Batista, and all these guys who essentially just that's how they came up, and that's how they decided they were going to be successful, and it worked. I think so those are 50,000 I... of those articles. There have been yep. approximately zero articles about pitching <laughs> and innovation, and how to think differently, and how to pitch differently, and all that sort of stuff. There legitimately is like use weighted baseballs, play long toss. Do more crow hops. And it's like, I'm sure there's more of it out there somewhere, but it's not hit the mainstream yet. So I don't really know. I know there's some with cameras and spin rate and all that sort of stuff too. Pitch tunnels. Pitch tunnels, which is just a concept that doesn't really do anything for you, but it's, it's a helpful way to think about things. There just seems to be a lot more excitement and interest in the hitting side, which has probably just always been the case in every single example. Chicks dig the long ball. That's what we right. want to read about. So that's fine. So yeah, whatever Gibson is doing with his pitch tunnels and slow motion cameras or whatever, I don't know the specifics, but I'm glad that he's in the forefront. <laughs> you know, the old guys don't typically like to be in a technology and Gibson is, as you yeah. know, 43 years old. So right. Okay. Wiley veteran. Let's move on to, I've got, uh, I've got Stu's bro. Hold on. Can we
1: talk about launch angles for just a second? Yep. I think it's amazing that in the year 2017, 2018, the idea that hitting the ball over the infielders is a good thing is seen as revolutionary. Like, you know, here's, here's where most of the defenders stand on the field you're going to try to want to hit it over them because there's fewer people out there. Everyone's like, wow, I never thought of that before. I thought by slapping the ball into the ground, which will almost be an out almost every time. And even if it's not an out will result with me on first base where I could just walk and make the same thing happen. That's probably not as good as trying to hit the ball off the fence or something. It makes no sense. It's like when you're in the, when you first start playing baseball, when you're like seven years old and someone hands you a bat and they stand you at the fence or they stand you at the plate and they're like, all right, what are you going to do? And you're like, I'm going to hit the ball over the fence. That's what you do. And then they spend years and years coaching it out of you. And then all of a sudden last year, everyone was like, you know what, go ahead and try to hit the ball over the fence. That's what you want to do in baseball. It's like everything that you thought you knew when you were a first grader is correct. And everything you've been taught since then is wrong.
0: It's really interesting how dumb athletes are too. It never fails to amaze me. And I say that again, as a person who considers himself sort of a former athlete, I too am extremely dumb. And I I think there's just in general, so little thinking that goes into sports and is kind of part of the culture That even uh, someone tries to think a tiny bit, everyone else just goes goes with it. So, for example, the launch angle sort of um, business—it seems, in retrospect, as you are saying, like the most obvious thing in the whole world. And I remember seeing a clip or reading a quote from many, many years ago, Ted Williams. And Ted Williams said, yeah, there's lots of different philosophies of how to hit or whatever, but I think that you should hit with a very slight uppercut swing. That's the best way to do it. He said, because if you think about it, guys are pitching off a mound. They're pitching down to around your knees, thighs area. It's coming in at a certain downward angle. So if you want to have the most likely success, your bat should be at that exact angle throughout the entire uh, process so you can hit the ball. Uh, okay, so then that was a thing that, you know, maybe just the smartest baseball player of all time said. And then for some reason, a whole other point of view came, which was backspin. You got to get just as much backspin as possible because that's what makes balls go farther. More backspin, farther. I heard this over and over and over <laughs> again all the time, million times from from coaches, from players, from guys who would go play in the minor leagues and come back and say that, guys who played D one and would come back and you know and hang out and say that, and I, a person who has always considered himself like smart, <laughs> heard that and was like, oh yeah, backspin, sure, yeah, that's that makes perfect sense. More backspin, farther goes. That's how that works. And I never once stopped to think in all those years that doesn't make any sense at all. <laughs> Well, that's not, that's not right. That's not smart. You can't, if you, if you had a jugs machine and you just set the backspin to go faster, it's not going to go like a million feet. (laughs) That's not how that works. And you know, R.A. Dickey is a knuckleballer who throws a knuckleball like 80 miles an hour. If he feels like it, zero spin, not a ton of spin, zero spin. And he can still throw the shit out of it. And you know, when I started realizing that was dumb, I remember, playing outfield growing up there would be hits that would come screaming at me line drives that would basically be knuckleballs came- coming off the bat there was not a ton of backspin there's very little backspin actually and it never once computed to me that that backspin is is just a myth and is stupid forever for 20 years probably of my life i believed that right and i just i don't understand why i never once went hold on wow. are we sure
1: I think it's mostly because if the coach is yelling at you to put backspin on the ball and ah swing down on it, you'll put backspin on it. It's not like you, Mister Nobody, is going to look at him and say, "Actually, Coach Ted Williams, in his seminal work, the science of hitting, <laughs> said because you're going to just he's going to point you to the farthest end of the bench. It's not actually in the dugout anymore. Right. It's actually a chair outside the dugout and be like, "All right, yeah. I found you a position. You're going to sit there." And yeah. when you get tired, I want you to go home by yourself. Right. You're Coach, not that's not the bench.
0: To. That's the hood of your car. It's in the parking yeah. lot. Nope. That's
1: go there. That's where I want you. Go go to there. When the game's over, don't get in the car. Just leave.
0: Uh, it's crazy. So, I don't get it. All right. Back to bros. Okay. So here is Stu's bro. And I, uh, I will start my quote now. My bro is Ryan Lamar. Is that how you pronounce it, John?
1: Sure. sure.
0: Okay. Uh, back to the quote. I didn't
1: even realize the Twins had a guy named Ryan Lamar or Lamar Ray or Lare. All or right. We're just going to go with the way it. that
0: I say it. Yeah. Um, okay. Back to the quote. My bro is Ryan Lamar, 29-year-old journeyman on his fourth team, supplanted Zach Granite as the fourth outfielder because he could stroke dongs. Cock-blocking Granite is karmic justice for the MAGA Chuds from Andover who thought Granite was better than Buxton last summer. i never (laughs) heard of him until two days ago. He is now my favorite twin after Ken Vargas, end quote. (laughs) So that's Stu's bro. (laughs) That's a good bro. It's a very good bro. It's a great write-up. And uh, I'm glad that all three of us now do not know who this person is, but it sounds like he is making the team.
1: Maybe. He is. He is a guy who is on the team. He, I, there was an article about him in the paper this morning. He's, as it turns out, he's married to a former Adina High School tennis star. So he's mm-hmm. got that going for him.
0: Okay. Okay. So he's local got that angle. Minnesota connection. Yeah. Did you learn in journalism class in college about the local angle? Was that a part of your curriculum?
1: I, I never took journalism class. So I'm going to go ahead and say, yes, that's definitely a part of the curriculum.
0: Okay, so, but for real, you never heard about the local angle and how important that was?
1: I, uh, no, I was just a parochial nitwit. Gotcha. Naturally. It came naturally to me.
0: Well, it is funny that when anything happens, local angle is sort of a joke on Twitter, you know? Like, oh, this is ridiculous. You're desperate to try to find a local angle. But- when I was taking, I took uh, some journalism classes and that was legitimately like the number one biggest, most important factor of newsworthiness. If we're going to rank like how many people were affected by it or, uh, you know, the Im- impact on society. And then lo- like local was the most important thing, the most newsworthy thing. So um, I think that the local angle weirdos or... Uh, publications seem like they're desperate to find something but I think they're actually right
1: yeah it's I weird. mean I know that people make fun of it on Twitter but I'm kind of excited when there's a local angle like oh
0: uh-huh so yeah.
1: is gr- his grandma's from Belgrade you say that's interesting
0: wow wonder what was it on we used, yeah.
1: we used to play Belgrade <laughs> Bruelle Rosen
0: football I know. how about that it is a very funny easy target joke but they're wrong local angles yeah. are important. Okay, let's move. On. Do you wanna? Uh, did you get you got the chicken fingers, bro? Do you want to yep. read that off? I got the chicken fingers, bro.
1: His bro. I'm actually not certain that his bro is on the team. Can we verify that his bro is on the team before we read this out? Yep.
0: Sport effect. Yes.
1: No, I actually want to look. Okay. I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure that this guy is on the team.
0: Uh, Where do you find? Here. Yep. This I see information.
1: It. I see. Oh him. yeah, he's on the team. All right, here, here we go. Good for this guy. All right. Chicken figure 69. His bro is Gabe Moya. Gabriel Moya. All right. And here is his reasoning. He's six feet tall and 175 pounds of pure Venezuelan FU. He has a mullet. He's not smiled once ever in his life. Not even one single time. He started his pro baseball career in Missoula, Montana, then went to Visalia, California, then to Kane County, Iowa. Just to break in here. Kane County's in Illinois, not in Iowa, Illinois. but that's yep. the point. Uh, eventually he made it to the Twins. <laughs> it's like my Uncle Kevin always said, I can promise you one thing, I don't care what the F happens, I ain't going back to prison. Gabe Moya is not going back to Kane County, Iowa. He'll make sure of that. And that's <laughs> why he's glad it's his bro, which I think we can all agree is great reasoning.
0: Yep. Another person I don't know who he is. So that's two of the bros this year are... Well, are- I can tell
1: you I can tell you that he's six feet tall And 175 pounds of pure Venezuelan FU
0: Yep You know that Chicken's going to be mad at you For not saying the actual F word, right? Yeah, it's it's my brand That's how you roll Alright, you want to move on to
1: turds? I, I think we need to note that our good friend Chicken Finger 69 loves the Venezuelan guys Ed and Gabe Moya
0: Yeah, yeah Well, to be a little maybe more specific He likes surly, quiet guys
1: that's right. Well, they
0: just so happen in this, Ed, in this example. Ed Escobar
1: is, is the exact opposite of a surly, quiet guy. Oh, really? neither I... one of those. Things. No, Ed Escobar is like the happiest, most fun, loudest guy ever.
0: Oh, I did not know that. I don't watch enough of the twins, I guess. Uh, I thought he there's was these kind these great of a... Go look up
1: these videos. There's these videos where Ed Escobar is trying to name all of his teammates. Like, at spring training. (laughs) And he knows most of their names, but when you get into, like, non-roster invitee pitchers, he's just guessing. He doesn't know Kevin Slowy's name. It's pretty great.
0: Oh, man, Kevin Slowy. Go find those videos. Slowy was my bro for so many years.
1: He's, like, a big wig in the players' union now. Oh, that doesn't surprise
0: me. Smart guy. He was,
1: like, yeah. Didn't he go to one of them big-time fancy schools?
0: Quinnipiac. Because I don't.
1: Yep. Did, did he go to Quinnipiac?
0: Nope. No. Nope. Oh boy. I think he went to. We're Cornell not going to look or... up.
1: I'm sorry. I'm sorry, podcast listeners. I know what you want me to do right now is type into my computer and find out where Kevin Sloy went to college, but I'm not going to do it.
0: I'm not going to do it. I'm pretty sure he went to Cornell. Or maybe that's Andy Bernard from The Office. <laughs>
1: it's very possible. I think they're the same person. So.
0: I right. am willing to bet a dollar that one of those two people went to Cornell. Okay, let's move on to the turds. Turds. And turd you want side. me to start?
1: I would like you to start. Yep, same John,
0: order. I'm going to start, and this is going to be a tough one. My turd is one Kyle Gibson.
1: Oh, that's not surprising.
0: No, I am just tired of Kyle Gibson. This is purely just be, <laughs> for no reason. Purely punitive. I just am tired of him. I'm done with Kyle Gibson. He's been around for a million years. He's sort of like a Kyle Loge to me. Where it's like, yeah i i got wow. the I got the full experience of the Kyle Gibson deal. I I get it. It's like Blackburn and whoever else. I wanted to yep. bring back Andy Albers if possible. He's a better Gibson anyway. Um. So I don't have that's any inkling reason. or feeling this year. I just feel like he's been teetering on the old four point five ERA for fifty years, and I just, I just want him to. I, I wish him the best personally, uh, <laughs> but I just really kind of want him to go away.
1: Yep. That's a legitimate. That's a legitimate thing.
0: So that's my turd. The you end. Enough. Yeah.
1: Um, alright. My turd for this year is gonna be, and I this is disappointing for everyone. My turd for this year is gonna be Miguel Sano. Oh. Things are things are not going well for old Miguel. Okay. Now I this is a high risk turd because there's every chance that Miguel Sano is gonna hit forty-five home run. Mm-hmm. And this will be the dumbest one ever. But it just I don't have a good feeling about how things are going for Miguel Sano. He's had he had a bad offseason. It, it seems like it just does not seem like this year is going to go well for him. Nobody's really optimistic about how he's playing this spring. Everybody's looking at him and thinking, you know, for a guy that was probably too heavy last year, he doesn't really seem to have done much in the way of conditioning... Now, part of that was because he was hurt, but it just, it doesn't, it doesn't feel,
0: it doesn't feel good. That's, uh, that's interesting. I have not been paying attention to the stories at all, and I was hoping that you were going to say something to the effect of, he's in, he's in better shape, he's looking spry, you're saying he's not looking spry.
1: Well, uh, he is looking as spry as he always does, which is for how tall and... Uh, for him being a a large human is surprisingly spry
0: sure yeah it it is you look
1: at him at third base and you're like wow that was actually some good quickness for Miguel Sano there cause he looks like he would not be that quick but I can't tell whenever I think that I can't tell whether I'm grading on a curve or
0: not yeah we probably always are that's fine yeah so you're just getting bad vibes it's a vibes thing bad vibes bad juju yeah oh man Another guy, I just um, I I just don't really want him around. I'm just not having a. I don't enjoy cheering for him. I don't enjoy yeah. watching him. He's not fun to watch at all. Every at bat takes 15 minutes. Well,
1: it's he, fun when he hits home runs. There's no getting around that.
0: Love bombs, yeah, yeah. I love those. But besides that, I don't know. Not my kind of player. Okay, so that's that turd. Now I'm going to move on to. I'm going to move on to Stu's turd. Okay. And uh, start the quote. Oh, his turd is... I'll start his right up now. Uh, Fernando Rodney. Stu says, My friend Luke is a Seattle Mariners fan. Here is his take on Rodney, his team's former closer. Quote, Fuck that guy. Put him on a rocket straight into the sun. He is going to ruin your life. End quote. (laughs) Wow, Luke. Luke. Yeah. Okay. It's subtle, but I think in the tea leaves, it sounds like Luke didn't enjoy the Fernando Rodney experience.
1: The day the Twins signed Fernando Rodney to be the closer was the day that every Twins fan who knew a Mariners fan was getting laughed at by that Mariners fan friend.
0: Yeah, I know. It's interesting. Are you
1: kidding me? Fernando Rodney, he was washed up three years ago.
0: Yeah, so I don't understand it because I I thought I looked up the stats a while ago and he was fine, but maybe it's one of those deceptive like he gets outs when they don't matter, or because he's in high profile situations every time he doesn't do well. I don't know. It's weird because when I got when I saw the signing, it was the same reaction of like, no way, there's no way this guy's good anymore. And I don't know. He really is. Uh, So
1: when the. I went and read the the Aaron Gleeman edited baseball prospectus annual because I don't I remember Fernando Rodney from 35 years ago when he was a good baseball player. Mm -hmm. And so I went and read his write up, which was not it was old enough that it wasn't really in the twins section. There was the the book definitely referred to him as washed up and it sort of made it sound like, well, Fernando Rodney, we all know that guy's going to be out of baseball. And instead, he's the twins' closer, and it was like their first signing, where they said, "All right, here we go. We're set. Fernando Rodney will be our closer." I don't know. Doesn't seem like a good idea.
0: Also, ba- very bad vibes.
1: Yep. Well, and not coincidentally, our our good friend Clarence Swamptown also is chicken picking fingers. Fernando Rodney as. Oh, sorry, Chicken figures. Chicken fingers. Chicken fingers. <laughs> Mister Chicken Fingers. Also picking Fernando Rodney as his turd, although his reasoning is slightly different. And I quote, (laughs) loose skin, old balls, gross. He will get shelled and won't make it to the all-star break on this roster. And I think I can't argue with any of that.
0: Yeah, I wonder if it's one of those things where the boy geniuses know that the closer typically is pitching in lower leverage situations, so they're going to use Addison Reed as their main guy, and they're just going to put him in this scenario. But it's risky. I mean, if you look at... I mean, blown saves are bad. <laughs> they are bad. They're very bad things to happen. And sometimes, even though it doesn't seem like it, that can be the difference if you're going to be a 85 or an 82 or an 88-win team. Those are pretty important. And I know that the Twins have gotten away with some so-so closers in the past. Eddie Guardado is the main one I think of. But... God, I don't know. I mean, yeah, bad vibes. Bad juju from Fernando Rodney as well. Yes. Yes. All righty. Well, there's our bros and turds for the year. Pros and turds. You want to do wins? Uh,
1: Yeah, let's do win predictions.
0: All right. I am going to start. Um, Stuart uh, and I submitted for the same number, which is not fun at all. So... I'm going to have to pick a different number, and All I right. don't. I don't know right now. What? I'm just thinking out loud. If I want, why to don't be... you read read Stu's number first? Okay, and then we'll get to yours. Okay, Stu's number of wins that he is going with is eighty-five. Eighty-five that... wins from the Twins, and he says they're going to be the wild card loser.
1: All right, isn't that exactly what happened last year? Like down to the win.
0: Sport of fact says yes. Yes. Alright,
1: so Stu is stuck in the past.
0: Yeah, yeah. You know. That's uh yeah. It's very true. Eighty five and seventy seven last year, seventeen games back. Pythagorean last year was eighty three wins, eighty three. okay so that's stewart 85 uh okay so now you want me to go now
1: yeah go ahead now
0: uh fuck or do you want Uh, a
1: minute to think about it you want me to go
0: no no i'm gonna go i'm gonna say 86 i'm gonna be an optimist yeah i'm gonna go plus one and the sole reason well not sole reason few reasons joe mauer 50 home runs yep Uh, Byron Buxton Really going to break out of it this year I think he's going to be good before August (laughs) Hopefully Maybe start near the start of the season Yeah that sounds fine Ideally and then I also think they're going to get a lot of cheap wins So cheap wins 86
1: Yep I like that reasoning You're up All right, my prediction is 81 wins It feels like an 81 win team to me Right down the middle so worse. I don't. Why are they worse with a better team? Uh, it just feels. You know how, you, you know the the regression to the mean thing. Mm-hmm. The Twins two years ago they won twelve games. Yeah. Last year <laughs> they won eighty five games as we mentioned. So usually what happens is everyone predicts big things for that team and then they take a step back. It happened to them three years ago. Three years ago, I think they won 81 or 82. They almost made the playoffs in the sense that going into the last weekend, there was an outside chance that they could make the playoffs. Uh Uh-huh. And so everyone predicted big things for them, and then they went and won the aforementioned 12 games. And it feels like a little bit of a snapback kind of year. I don't don't have anything to back that up, and as I'm talking about it, I feel like I'm being too pessimistic, but it just – I don't have a good. I don't have a good feeling about their playoff chances, but I so, can't. I can't say that and predict ninety three wins because that doesn't make any sense.
0: I mean, if Sano struggles, Morrison had just a career year. He kind of comes back to earth. Dozier maybe gets hurt or isn't as good as he's been. Eighty one seems in it's. It's easily in the realm of possibility, of course. So I don't think you're a crazy uh, uh, pessimist. Speaking of which, the low. The low end this year, Chicken Finger sixty nine with seventy eight wins.
1: Seventy eight wins.
0: Not a believer. Um, he does not like the boy geniuses. Whether he says he does, he clearly does not. Um, so I think that he is just kind of saying these guys are not as smart as they think they are. Uh, and yeah, seventy eight. We don't. We didn't get any. We didn't get get any um, explanation on that win total. It was just sent to us. So. If Chicken wants to come on in the future, open invite, and uh, he can explain why he said 78, because that would suck. 78 wins would suck. It would be so disappointing. (laughs) Right. You know how many games they would have to lose to the Tigers?
1: (laughs) Yeah, that's true. Uh, How many games would the White Sox team of 19-year-olds have to just absolutely beat the crap out of them for them to end up with 78 wins?
0: uh, Of course it could happen. Shit, I hope it doesn't. Uh, all right, let's keep moving because we got a few other things that I want to talk about. All right, let's pause it for just a sec. You all right with the pause? All right, I'm pausing. All right, we're back. Let's move on to hockey, specifically college hockey. Good old college John, hockey. Uh, talk me through your opinion as a Gopher fan on the hiring of one Robert Matsko. Well, old matzo ball.
1: Uh, when this happened, Stu asked me if I thought it was a good hire. I, I do think it's funny that it's it seemed like, in some ways, the most obvious hire. <laughs> I I said on Twitter that you can't really accuse Mark Coyle of overthinking this one. And then I found out, I think it was this morning, that we found out that the guys that Coyle interviewed for the job were A. Bob Motzko, who was a coach of the best team in the nation, a former Gopher assistant. B, Mike Gensel, current gopher assistant. C, Scott Bell, current gopher assistant. D, Grant Patoni, who last year was a gopher assistant coach. It was like Mark Coyle literally just emailed the four people he had the phone number for. (laughs) It was like, oh, yeah, I got this guy's cell phone number. I saw him last year. Let's interview him. I thought that was kind of funny, but obviously it's probably a good hire. Bob Motsko's had a lot of success at St. Cloud State and he's he was around when the Gophers last won national championships and I, I, I did like Pat Royce's column which said that he's kind of a straightforward guy and it might be a good way to start getting the team from I, I wish I remembered the phrasing he used but it was basically saying let's get this back to a cult team instead of a profit center for the university which is a nice way of blaming the ticket office for all the problems and I couldn't agree more I couldn't agree more Pat so hmm. it, it's important to note that the combination of Barry Alvarez and the Gopher Ticket Office have conspired to make Gopher Hockey worse, and hopefully this is a step in the right direction. But it also needs to be noted that it's just its funny from a Gopher Hockey perspective. It's funny because St. Cloud State fans have had this inferiority complex for so long. About the University of Minnesota, so much so that they earned the nickname Jan Brady State University because they complained about Minnesota so often. So it's hilarious that their coach, who's been the coach there for 13 years, at the first sign that Minnesota came calling, it was like it took him like 10 minutes to drop everything at St. Cloud State and move to
0: Minnesota. (laughs) It's like, no. Yeah, he's like, I, let me think about it. Sure, call us back. No, 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 just no. on hold. I'll j- yeah. just, just stay on hold for five seconds. Let me their think se- about it. Their
1: season ended, and 11 minutes later, he was the new coach at Minnesota. He could not wait to get to a real school instead of the glorified clown college that is St. Cloud State.
0: And I'm only saying this because Stu isn't here, and I wouldn't say such things if Stu is here. Oh, God, no. He's the nicest person in the world. Um when I was talking about it last week on the show, and had sort of danced around the idea of if it, is it possible that Moscow gets the job, I felt like I was sort of dismissed by Chicken, right? Uh, and why was that? Because it was so obvious that it didn't need to be discussed that he didn't want it to happen. Like, what are well, what are the Chicken Finger sixty nines of the world saying right now?
1: I can't tell whether I'm projecting my own feelings on or this if this is actually what Chicken thought, but. It it seemed like Coyle was going to go one of two routes. Either he'd go the super easy route, which would be hiring Gensel or Scott Bell or Patoni, one of the one of the assistants, or a guy who was assistant last year. Or he was going to go totally out of left field and hire somebody that nobody really thought had a chance. There, there were a couple of people who threw out the name of, and I'm, I might screw this up, but I think it was like UMass Lowell's coach that had no oh, connect, no connection sure. whatsoever. To the university or to Minnesota hockey in any way, and people threw out this name like, well, he's had some success. And it sort of felt like it might be one of those if there's smoke, there's fire kind of things. Like maybe these people talked to Mark Coyle and he mentioned the Mass Lowell coach as a guy he wanted to hire. And so I think it felt like it was going to be the super easy way or the really hard way. And instead, it was the. Pretty easy, but not the easiest thing you could have done with. So I I don't really know I, I don't really know how Chicken feels about Bob Matsko. I, I assume that we'll we'll hear from him at some point. I I think if he's anything like me, he just thinks it's funny.
0: Is Matsko known as being a great recruiter, or does he just get the best out of his guys who didn't choose the U?
1: Um I actually don't I don't really know the answer I assume he's a greater career He's got a lot of good guys to go to the St. Cloud State
0: Yeah, and a lot of pros, yeah. right? Are from St. Cloud State
1: Yeah, so, I mean, he's done very well at St. Cloud State I think they won three conference titles while he was there
0: Oh, yeah, that's uh, In my opinion, Matsko is a great fit for Minnesota In that he has already proven he can lose to a lesser opponent In the first round of the NCAA tournament <laughs> Who is that? What do you mean? That's just a, what, did it not come natural off the, just the the thing I thought of? Yeah, just the thing you
1: thought of. (laughs) (laughs) It is, it is pretty funny. I mean, that's kind of true, but mostly it's funny because St. Cloud State is a team that loses every year in the NCAA tournament.
0: Another thing that I was thinking about is that Matsko is used to a noisy, passionate crowd at the Herb Brooks National Hockey Center, so it may throw off his line changes when tumbleweeds blow across the ice at 3M <laughs> Arena. It's good? Yeah,
1: it's not so good. Eh, just a
0: thought. Uh, just a quick question for you uh, now that we're talking. Now that um, we're talking
1: in totally natural ways.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, off the top of our heads, you know. Impro- uh, now that Big Ten hockey has three of the four teams in the Frozen Four and no, it's proven to be an undeniable not. success, no, in no way. When are you planning to apologize to Barry Alvarez? <laughs> I,
1: I, I cannot tell you the depths of the investigation that's about to about to come. Did I find out who sent you this question? I, I'm just asking questions. No, I. I couldn't I I couldn't be more angry right now.
0: Thank you Stu. Thank you Stuart. Those are the only, that, that's it. Those are the only three bullets he sent me. He just right. said it. In case when John starts getting mouthy about St. Cloud, please start using these these things. So so I did. Okay. Uh we got to keep going. We're, we're I am, we're I do feel bad. Friendly.
1: I do feel bad for Stu and all and the other friends I have that were St. Cloud hockey fans cuz losing to air force in the first round of the NCAA tournament when you absolutely should win is something that i have pretty personal experiences with and it sucks and You know it, how much it hurts. Yeah, it yeah. sucks. I'm sorry. I really was sorry for Stu. I felt very bad for him cuz i think this was the first Saint Cloud State game he actually watched
0: in probably 25 years. So right. It took him 25 years to find the right channel and the right time. Yeah. He finally sat down with a beer and was like, "Oh my god, what?" This is, Why did we watch this? This
1: is like everybody said it would be.
0: Right, exactly. Okay, let's move on. A couple quick hitters. Uh, number one, I am wondering if you have any tips on how we can get Tom Thibodeau fired. How are we going to do this? Is it possible? Is it going to happen? I think there should That's be pitchforks involved. Okay, okay. I do we have to plant evidence? <laughs>
1: I don't. Well, I mean, he runs the whole franchise, so I'm not sure what, what we need to do. We have always yeah. accused Glenn Taylor of managing the Timberwolves based on what his 13-year-old great-nephew says to him. So
0: we got to find that kid. Well, I just don't... Yes, of course, I would like it better if we had somebody more competent as a GM. They would actually sign guys who are useful. Um especially when the coach is only going to run eight guys out there and they're they're blatantly talking to the press and asking for more time off. Right. And of course I would like a coach who again plays more than eight guys and also is not the surliest human being on earth uh during games. Um but I just I'm wondering what has to happen for him to be fired and when you think it's going to happen. I think we're stuck with him. I don't think there's A prayer he is on the hot seat at all this year.
1: You're saying even if they miss the
0: playoffs, he'll keep his job. I honestly, and I'm not saying this, I think there is a close to 100% job, percent chance he keeps his job even if they miss the playoffs. Wow, I don't think there's one inkling of dissatisfaction from Glenn because he's got a built-in excuse. Jimmy missed the playoffs. West has got a bunch of really good teams. We got to give this another shot next year. So will for sure.
1: Will Tibbs get fired if they make the playoffs, but as the eight seed and the Rockets beat them so badly in a playoff series that it actually wipes every mention of the Minnesota Timberwolves from, from the history books.
0: <laughs> okay. Like, now you got me. You like look in the record percentage. book and it's like,
1: wow, I thought Minnesota had a team, but I guess not.
0: Nope. Not allowed to mention them. That's how bad they got. There's these
1: hushed whispers about a playoff series in 2018 and James Harden scoring 1,000 points in a four-game series.
0: I just would love, I would love if I felt confident that Glenn Taylor looked at what was happening and said, boy, that Jamal Crawford signing was horrible and that Derrick Rose signing was unforgivable, unconscionable so bad and swapping Jeff Teague for Rubio has not worked and you know the hits that he's gotten with Butler and Taj for sure he's done a couple things right, David Kahn did a couple fucking things right too Um, and then watching him coach and how bad their defense has been all year for them to limp to what looks like to be a Possible eight seed when you've got one of the best guys in the league, another number one pick uh, you traded for a top 10 player and a bunch of really high expensive free agent or guys, professional guys, you know, Um, I would love if he saw that and said, this is not good enough. Um, He clearly has not been able to evolve with the times and we got to get moving on somebody else as soon as possible. What are the odds that that's what Glenn Taylor thinks about? What's the lowest number you can think of? <laughs> it's that it's le- it's that minus -5%. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> There's just no chance that he thinks that. So to me, I don't know. I just think Glenn Taylor looks at And in some ways he's right. Like it's tough to win games. They're maybe going to make the playoffs even though their best player, Butler or you know whatever. Um is going to miss a third of the season, and it's the first season of these guys all playing together. Yeah, Tibbs isn't a super fun guy on the sidelines, but he gets results, yada, 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 blah, blah, blah. I'm going to keep him on for three more years. That's what my guess is he's (laughs) thinking right now. Yeah, And it sucks. Yeah. It's not good. And I know, I know, and you know, that it could be worse. That's the other thing. Like <laughs> we've been through the Rambus years right. and the Con years. It, it could worse. be so much worse. But it doesn't make me stop complaining about Tibbs.
1: Right. Yep. That's so exactly that's just
0: right. A, that's our future. We're just going to be bitching about him for the next few years. Towns went as off. They underachieve every year.
1: Towns went off for a franchise record tonight. That was exciting.
0: Yeah. yeah. Right. It was awesome. I didn't watch a ton of it, but I watched some of it, and he was. God, he's so good offensively, and he's also so bad on defense. It's just the (laughs) weirdest thing. I don't understand how a guy can be so smart and then so dumb. If
1: only they could get a defensive wizard of a coach like Tom Thibodeau in to really teach him the defensive game.
0: Somebody like that would be amazing. Yeah, Yeah. that's another thing to think about in the future. Okay, Uh, another quick hitter, the Wild uh, Check-In. What do you got? Uh, They're... I am still
1: panicking and checking the standings every morning, noon and night, because I think they're going to make the play- miss the playoffs. But the, the smart guys with the math think they're about a 98, 99% chance now. So it's a little hard to argue. They, they had a, they had an awfully good weekend. They, they had to play Nashville on Saturday. who were probably the best team in the league. Um, Boston, on, my purds Boston on Sunday, was probably the best team. Not, that's not the predators and then turn around and go to Nashville on Tuesday. So just a murderer's throw of three games and they won. they beat Nashville in regulation on Saturday and then took Boston and Nashville to overtime again, which again is they lost both of those games. So they won one and lost two, but they also got four out of a possible six points. And it was really uh, a lot of people were looking at that stretch of being like, well, the, this is not a good stretch. They didn't play for, they didn't play for four straight days last week, and so most of the league seemed like they won six games in a row somehow while the Wild were off and they, everybody was knocking on the door. I think when they played on Saturday, they were actually tied on points with Colorado, who had, had had been chasing them for a long time, and then they turned around and they got a little bit of a cushion again. So. It still wouldn't be the worst thing in the world, as we mentioned last time, that if they could finish behind Colorado or St. Louis somehow and let somebody else play Winnipeg, and they could go over to the Pacific Division playoffs, but that doesn't seem too likely now. So,
0: How good is this Jordan Greenway kid?
1: I, I honestly couldn't tell you. He seems like he's a big guy, and that's kind of nice because the Wilds' best players are sort of shifty little guys right now. I shouldn't say that. Eric Stahl scored his 40th goal and he's like six foot four. So they're not all shifty little guys, but I think everybody's been looking forward to it a little bit just because he's a cheap acquisition. If you see what I mean, they didn't really have room to trade for anybody. So it's sort of been looking around and saying, well, this, this Greenway kid, whenever, whenever Boston university season is done, then we're gonna, we're gonna get that guy and he's six foot five and he can stick handle. So that ought to be fun. But He's not. I don't think he's going to make a huge difference either way. I guess if he has a run like Jake Gensel of the Penguins did last year where he suddenly gets in and scores 15 goals in seven games in the playoffs or whatever Gensel did, I guess that could be exciting. But more than likely, he's just going to play a few games down the stretch. sort of to give everybody a rest a little bit and get some of the guys who've struggled out of the lineup.
0: As you mentioned, we've been doing this podcast for forty years, and for each of the forty years so far, the Wild have had the exact same record and the exact same team. Yep. And I've asked the exact same questions about: Is there anybody on the horizon that might change the future with like a higher ceiling? So, is he maybe not this year going to be a huge impact? But what about like next year or the following year? Is he uh, is he a potential high impact? high ceiling I dude
1: I don't think he's the kind of high ceiling dude that's going to change a franchise or anything. I think people mostly okay. see him as sort of a solid top top 9 kind of forward. Maybe third line maybe okay. second line. Just a a solid a solid piece on a good team.
0: So not nothing. He
1: was a second round pick, not a first round if that gives you any idea.
0: It does. It's very helpful. <laughs> Well, uh, okay, well, I'm looking forward to the 41st year when we continue to have the same conversation about the Wild.
1: Yeah, it's nice to see the Wild once again finishing as the fifth-best team in the Western Conference.
0: Right as rain. Set your watch by them. Other teams go
1: up, other teams come down. It used to be they'd always finish 15 points behind the Blackhawks. Now it's the Predators and the Jets. Everybody else goes up and down, but the Wilds are just a solid first-round playoff loser every year.
0: Yeah, it's really nice to be able to, you know, as we get older and we're dads and whatever, we're aging. These routines and these things you can depend on are really more important to us. And just being able to depend on the wild as being good, but they wouldn't dare be great, <laughs> uh, is really good. I think for uh, for our hearts, for our heart health, um, we don't worry about them. It's gonna, they're gonna win forty five games. Yep, they're gonna win. A playoff series every other year.
1: They're going to be rotten at overtime in the shootout. Miko Koivu is going to annoy the absolute crap out of us at every moment.
0: There's going to be three weeks every year where it seems like they're not going to make the playoffs. Right. Even though in our hearts we know that they will. It'll just give us something to talk about, like the weather.
1: They do shift that around a little bit. Like last year, the year before, it was toward the end of the season – now, this year, it was the first three weeks of the season where they couldn't buy a win, and then they've been great since well, then.
0: Well, exactly. They, it's, such a, it's such a public service. Just like the weather, you don't want it to be too predictable because right. then it's not fun anymore.
1: Changeable. That's what you want.
0: Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So I'm, I'm really thankful for the Wild. It's why we complain okay, about that's all I had. Yeah. Uh, that's all I had, John. Got anything else? Got any dad lay for us? Mm, I have no dad life. No nope.
1: nope. no more coffee tables get thrown out thrown out at your house?
0: Uh, let's see here. Uh, I've got the kids on spring break right now, and it's been... <sighs> well, it is what it is. Uh, my three-year-old is becoming like the, the demon three-year-old. Right. He was kind of the sweet three-year-old earlier, and now he's gotten full-fledged. Uh, throwing shit down the stairs Throwing shit at us Screaming at the top of his lungs for no reason It's just a little tiny monster in our house So that's what we're The six year old is getting better every day The three year old's getting worse every day uh, Our good friend Stu said that Kindergarten is
1: when it starts Like that's when it starts to get good So you got one You're just
0: living the absolute nightmare so Of the I'll other see. one right now Yep, yep Once we get that other one in kindergarten It's all good What about you brother? Uh, things
1: are—it's uneven. My my daughter's, she's one and a half now, so she's starting to push boundaries a little bit. Which, oh yeah, there's nothing, nothing more infuriating when you tell somebody not to do something and they just laugh right in your face. That's, it's on the one hand, it's adorable because she's adorable, but on the other hand, it's just like, man, I could not be more angry right now, and you don't care at all, and. Your interpersonal skills are broken and I just, I want something to change right now. I want (laughs) you to listen. I want you to learn English so I can understand what you're trying to tell me. I want you to stop crying for no reason. I want all of this to make sense again. And I know intellectually that that's not going to be true for at least like five more years, if not for 25 more years, that none of that is what I should expect.
0: But part of you knows it. Yeah. Part of you knows it. Part of of me knows it, but part
1: of me is just frustrated. But at the same time, she's amazing and I'm constantly surprised that she seems to know words that I had no idea. I'll just give her like a compound sentence as a command just to see what'll happen and she'll get it right. And it's like, what you you can't speak. How did you understand what I asked you? How did you do one thing and then another? You don't understand cause and effect. You're one and a half. How did you manage to put that together in the correct order? Yeah. But yeah. then she'll do something where I'm like, man, you are going to have to go to junior college for a long time to get your grades mm-hmm. up
0: because
1: <laughs> this is not going well. The army is a great choice. It's a great choice for a lot of people. And I think you are one of those people. So right. you go back yeah. and forth. Right, It's uneven. Very true. It's great, but it's uneven. And I say that because I only have one child and she's not actually a toddler yet. When I have right. a three year old and she is a nightmare, you can remind me of this where I was happy and enjoyed having a daughter. And you can of say course. this is this is what you signed up for. It only gets worse from now. Here, let me regale you of all the terrible stories of the things my sons did when they were this age, so that you will drink more.
0: Little tiny terrorists. Tiny yep.
1: terrorists, that's, that's absolutely who they are. Okay. Right. Good dad like good. Good dad life sharing, Sesh. Yeah, we agreed our
0: children are terrorists. Our our
1: children are terrorists. They're wonderful, adorable terrorists.
0: All right, that'll do for this episode. Uh, Goodbye. (laughs) That was a good way to end it. (laughs) Yeah, That'll do it. Goodbye. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen,